Today's Plugged In podcast is sponsored by Volvo Cars Canada. The Volvo XC40 Recharge is Volvo's first pure electric SUV. It's a powerful drive with no tailpipe emissions featuring more than 400 horsepower and up to 335 kilometers on a single charge. And the integrated Google OS will always keep you fully connected, even without your phone. It truly is an SUV designed for the city and the rest of the planet. Visit volvocars.ca to learn more. Welcome to the latest episode of Plugged In, a post-media podcast taking you down Canada's electric vehicle highway. I'm your host, Andrew McCready. One of the many indicators that electric vehicle adoption is gaining traction in Canada is the small but growing used EV marketplace. My guest today is Jeremy Bernardin, the Vice President of Sales for All EV Canada's PEI and Nova Scotia dealerships, which specialize in selling certified pre-owned electric vehicles. Based in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, Jeremy is the co-founder of the Electric Vehicle Association of Atlantic Canada and has worked for and with all levels of government, private, and non-profit organizations as an electric vehicle industry specialist. He also played a crucial role in creating and launching NextRide, a public education campaign aimed at getting Nova Scotians behind the wheel of EVs to experience them firsthand. Just before we speak with Jeremy, a shout out to a couple of loyal and long-time listeners who suggested we dedicated an episode to the used EV segment. So, to Langley, B.C.'s Troy Bell and Paul Thurston of Vancouver, thanks. Thanks for joining us today, Jeremy. Hi, Andrew. Thanks for having me on. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a show that I think a lot of people, a lot of our listeners have been um, asking for, uh, used EVs. So, before we get into the whole used EV thing, I'd like to know what the first electric vehicle you drove was. Ooh, uh... In 2011, I was on a pre-production tour across the country with Mercedes-Benz Canada with a uh, t- with a smart electric drive, so the little smart, uh, and, and that was actually at the time super exciting. And, and in today's context, it was incredibly slow. But yeah, that was the first car I drove that was electric. So what were, what was your impression? I mean, what did what did you think when you obviously it's a it's a it's an odd looking vehicle, but the driving experience. I mean, what did you when you got out of it? What did you think? It's, it's very similar to what people, people's reactions nowadays when they hop in an electric car. It's very similar. Like, wow, this is so cool. This is the future. You know, it's so smooth. It's so quiet. There's no transmission, you know, lower center of gravity, super responsive. It wasn't the fastest car in the world, but it sure as heck felt fast because it responded to all of my driver inputs so quickly. And it's the exact same thing I hear, you know, in 2021, someone hopping into a a Nissan Leaf or a Tesla or anything like that. So was this a bit of an aha moment for you? Did your life change in terms of um, you yeah. know, embar- embarking on a, on a career and a, and, a, and a lifestyle around electric vehicles? Absolutely. I'd, I'd been working in the electric and um, the gasoline powered world for, for different manufacturers as a technology specialist. And when I got behind the wheel of an electric vehicle, it, it clicked in, in many different ways that it's a really fun, enjoyable experience. And I had, you know, some environmental values that were also, uh, you know, the box got ticked off on that one where, you know, it really resonated with me and I've made a, a career out of it. And, and to me, it's a, it's a total passion. We don't have enough time to go over your whole EV career, but let's talk about when you started in the kind of used EV space. Um, 
how did that come about? How did you get involved in that? Well, in Atlantic Canada, first of all, there's very, very few EVs. And it's challenging. And at the time, you know, a year and a half ago, it, it was very challenging to even go test drive one. Um, you know, very few dealers had them. Not many dealers were, were, were certified um, to sell them or to service them. So it was challenging to, to access them. And, and we wanted to provide a one-stop resource for, for the consumers to come and, and under one roof to see, you know, seven or eight different brands and models of plug-in hybrids and, and primarily battery electric vehicles and to really have an experience where they could find a car that suits their needs and they don't have to jump around between different uh, manufacturers, between different dealerships and and to have a, a tailored experience where, you know, the, the salesperson is not going to try to convince them to buy a gas car, right? And and so this concept and, and we started this model and now we have a, a second location in Charlottetown and and a third location coming up in a neighboring province soon. So it's, uh, you know, it's really exciting and we're growing quite quickly to, to fill that gap in the market right now. So I imagine in the early days, I mean, it's always interesting to see new businesses start up and it's always a question of supply and demand. So was it, was it a function more of seeing a few e- used vehicles, used EVs around and thinking, hey, we could, we could bring these EVs together and sell them? Or was it more you hearing from people within your EV network saying, you know, I'd like to buy one, might be too expensive. What about a used one? Was there was there one or the other or did they just kind of mesh together? No, you know, it, it wasn't because the demand was was mind-blowing. We had the feeling that once people would try an electric vehicle, get behind the wheel and find out that they're available, that's when they would start purchasing. People didn't come, you know, knocking on our door looking for this at first, but we just had that feeling and, and you know, we kind of understood the market that they need to, see feel understand first so you know we we focus our business on education so we have these bi-weekly um or bi- sorry bi-monthly training sessions or information sessions on on ev 101s paired with test drives and then that's how people get really excited they, you know the word gets out and, and they come and test drive a tesla and they, they can find out they can get behind the wheel for for less expensive than new and um you know that's pretty much what's been driving our our business I guess the other side of that too is people who have owned a Tesla or a Leaf or a Bolt for a few years want to maybe upgrade, want to get something else. So you guys act as a service for them to be able to 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 sell it to an educated buyer as opposed to them walking into their Chevrolet dealer and saying, you know, I'll trade this in and, and it just kind of gets lost on the lot almost. Absolutely. We're, you know, our, our market here is not as mature as, as Central Canada or Western Canada. So, you know, there's, to give you an example, there are 550 electric vehicles registered in Nova Scotia, and there's 100,000 in Quebec. So there's not as many trade-ins at this time, but we, we totally believe that, you know, over the years, we'll be getting a lot of repeat customers. We already have some customers that have bought two or three vehicles from us and traded it in, uh, but they're outliers at this time. And but we do foresee that increasing dramatically over the years. Have you seen it change from the beginning? I mean, obviously, there might be a couple of different models now that you can get your hands on that have a couple of years on them. But I mean, has what what's changed from a from a business model for you guys in the last since since opening the doors? So Tesla's that's what's changed. Tesla's uh, in, in you know two two years ago you couldn't get a used Model Three at auction. It was just impossible, and they were so hard to get. Parts were impossible to get. Uh, parts are still challenging, but they're not impossible. And, and now there's there's Model Threes that are you know more widely available. Currently, there's no Model Ys at auction, so you know we can't 
we can't be selling used model wise they're they're too new but in a couple of years that'll be added to our our inventory and that'll be exciting so as more cars get on the road and have been uh, on the market for a couple of years then the used inventory is going to you know follow that and and bring those options to to consumers looking at your site i see teslas you're mentioning teslas is that kind of been the bread and butter for the first few years for you guys yeah, it's it's a very large portion of the volume of cars that we do is is Teslas, primarily Tesla Model Threes, and and I must admit the provincial incentive in Nova Scotia and PEI uh, definitely drives sales of vehicles that fall within that incentive. Um, and and the great part about that, and you guys in British Columbia um, or, or Canadians in in, in Quebec and in, in, in well, it used to be in Ontario, an incentive there, but it makes a huge difference in, in tipping people over into yeah you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna make the plunge i'm gonna get an incentive it's gonna help me with that purchase price and and this is just the the smart thing to do and we're seeing that now we you know our incentive in nova scotia has been launched for about a a month now uh just just uh, just over a month and in pei the, the incentive is about to launch in the next week it's been announced publicly but it hasn't been active yet um and and those things make a, a tremendous tremendous difference and and you're referring to incentives on a used ev right not a new one yeah, I mean, it affects the new market as well, but on the used market, it's uh, it's really important. Um, when when governments start looking at the equity piece, that's where used is really important. When you want to have, you know, people from all walks of life uh, participate in this transition in our transportation sector and the greening of our of our society and lives, um, being able to purchase a used electric car for somebody who has you know, not as much money. It's it's a really important thing, and and I think the government in, in PI in Nova Scotia has have really hit it out of the park. They've really done well with that. And it's a sense of recycling this vehicle too. I mean, keeping it on the road as opposed to you know just. I mean, I, I can't see them ever being cast aside. But that's that's a whole function too of of the environmental part of the equation. Yeah, absolutely. Let's just talk about someone walks into your showroom, someone walks to your dealership, goes to the website, calls you guys. What's the first thing for them to consider when buying a used electric vehicle? Like, is it, is it, you know, I mean, what, what's a concern or, or what's, what do you see people coming to you for? Is it, is it simply a fact they want an electric vehicle, but they don't want to pay the full price? Yeah, no, there, there's a few more concerns. It's a lot of unknowns. It's a lot of new. So, so depending on the person, depending how much research they've done, uh, you know, there's there's a couple different levels. One is charging infrastructure doesn't exist in my province. And unless you go on sites like plugshare.com, you wouldn't know that there's charging stations everywhere in Atlantic Canada and across the whole country. You know, our infrastructure uh, is pretty darn good across the country. Maybe, you know, Saskatchewan has a few gaps and Manitoba has, a you know, have a few gaps. But except for those two provinces, it, you know, we're in pretty darn good shape. And of course, it can get better. And as we have more vehicles come on the road, it's going to keep getting better. But it's it's a big misconception that you know you can't drive, you know, to Montreal from Nova Scotia with an EV. You really can, and it's not that hard. Uh, so that's a misconception that that people have. And then also, you know, how do I charge at home? Do, what does that involve? And there's a lot of unknowns on how much that will cost. Um, so those are like the 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 big ones. You know, winter um, range decrease that's another big question that we have a lot and and you know how does that play in and how do they mitigate that it's there's a big shift in in that's required in how you think about owning an electric a vehicle period right so people expect to be going to charging stations to charge their vehicles fully when in reality 
you really don't do that. And, and the example I use is imagine if you owned a gas station in your backyard and your gas station was half the cost that any other gas station in the province, there is no way you would ever, ever, ever go to another gas station unless you were so far you wouldn't make it back home, right? So I charge at night. It takes me five seconds to charge. I just click my car in the connector. I walk inside and in the morning I un click it, and then I take off. I don't even ever think about it. I have a full battery every single morning. And it's only when I go on a road trip, when I go to different provinces, um, that I um, that I think about looking at the charging network, and then I'll get a fast charge somewhere. But even then, I don't get a full charge. I just charge enough to get me to my destination. And, and that's the difference. People are used to just filling up their gas tank completely once every week or two weeks or whatever it is. And it's just a shift in, in uh, that's required when you're thinking about electric cars. Couldn't agree more. I think that's a, a concept misconception a lot of people have. And obviously, too, with with the newer generation EVs coming in around 400 kilometers full range. I mean, really, it's uh, it's an everyday vehicle um, and there's no real excuse to, uh, to to see it any otherwise than that. A question I always hear about used EVs or even about people who want to buy a new EV is battery degradation over time you can't the battery doesn't hold as much of a charge is that an issue with a used ev there's a couple of things that you know dealers like ours that are becoming more specialized and very savvy and, and, and they create a, an experience for the consumer we produce a battery health report for every single one of our cars that we sell so the consumer can buy with confidence knowing okay i'm getting this car and i know where the battery health is at and imagine if you buy a car that's been supercharged all the time. And, and for listeners that aren't aware, when you fast charge the vehicle, let's say very, very frequently, your battery will degrade quicker. And there's, there's a couple different behavioral things that you can do to make sure that your battery lasts longer. Um, but let's say if this battery has not been treated well, it's been supercharged a lot, it's been driven a ton, and this, you know, the client just buys the car and has no idea that there's a certain percentage degradation, you know, that could be a, a pretty bad experience for them. So we, we produce these battery health reports so they can buy with confidence. Um, but, you know, battery, battery degradation isn't as bad as we think. And, and to give you an example, I have a, a 2018 Tesla Model 3 with 92,000 kilometers on it, and it has 6% battery degradation. It's, it's very, very little. It's very little. And we can forecast that these batteries will last way longer than we originally predicted. Just for listeners, I mean, in terms of ba battery degradation, what that essentially means is, you know, when you think about a gas tank that can fill, you can fill it over time, the gas tank would shrink a little. So your range will go down. That's kind of what degradation means. And, and you, in the, in the early days, I think you saw some batteries degradate. 20% and things in over a couple of years. And it, it doesn't, it, it seems like the battery chemistry and the battery software management systems now are sophisticated that as Jeremy says, if you look after the battery, if you charge it properly, if you um, don't supercharge it too often, it can really, it can really go quite a ways without having very much degradation at all. So it's interesting. I mean, I, you know, looking over my notes to do this, I, I kept looking at the word used EV and I bet you cringe at that because obviously these are, you, you advertise them as all car dealers do when it comes to used vehicles as certified pre-owned. And of course that's what the, these are. What is the certified aspect? Is it what you talked about, how you do a, a test of the battery? Are there other things you do to certify these EVs? 
Yeah, I mean, every dealer will, will, will do things differently. We do a 300-point inspection, so it's a really extensive inspection on the car to make sure everything is, is working great on the car. You know, from making sure that the little fence inside the car work to the, you know, the bushings, uh, bushings aren't squeaking and that there's no play in any of the mechanical parts of the car. And, um, you know, we make sure that the cars are in great shape. When they when they go to the next owner and a lot of these cars are quite uh, are quite recent you know if you look at our inventory we have an awful lot of 2019s and 2020s and there are some some older units that um you know of course the the price reflects that and and but those are those are the great units for for somebody who's looking at at a lower cost vehicle a commuting vehicle you know a second vehicle in the, in the household and it makes a ton of sense to have that one be the, the electric one so all to say yeah these certified pre uh, pre-owned cars um do come with that inspection and the battery health report. And that's what our, our clients have been kind of asking for. I'm just curious about how you, is it, is it, a, is it a kind of a computer diagnostic system that you use to determine the battery health? I mean, is it as simple as plugging the thing in and running a program and seeing what, what comes out? We have different specialized equipment that we can read each car and it's different for every brand, right? So reading a Chevy Bolt will be different than, than reading a Tesla and, and, uh, and, and so on. Uh, and it involves a bit of math and, and figuring things out. And, and then we can go and, and produce a whole report that has all sorts of, uh, of information for, for the consumer. Yeah, that's a little more sophisticated than, I mean, I remember, you know, buying my first few cars and you'd go with a buddy who had some mechanical sense with a little compression testing tool to, uh, tool, and you un- undo the spark plug, stick this thing in, turn over the engine and see how much compression is in there to kind of test the engine. Obviously, this is more sophisticated that that the average person can't go to somebody's house and say, "Okay, I'll check out your car, sit in it, and determine what the bad battery degradation does." It's it's not that simple. That's right, and and I mean, we can pull data on how many times the car went to a fast charger, how much, what percentage of the total uh, amount of energy used over its lifetime came from supercharging sessions or fast charging sessions. So there's a there's a lot of data that we can kind of sift through to find the the good stuff and 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 uh communicate that to the consumer and and from your experience i mean you probably you might have numbers on it but i mean are half the batteries better than expected um are a lot of them more degraded do people abuse their batteries because maybe they don't understand it right out of the gate or how have you found that i find that tesla does extremely well i I personally drive a 2013 uh, p85 a tesla model s performance and i think i have 10% 10% degradation, but I've got just shy of a quarter million kilometers on mine. So, you know, 10% range loss over eight years with a quarter million kilometers, like that's fantastic. Um, but the big important thing to, to, to remember and when purchasing a used or new electric car is, does it have thermal management, right? Is it able to regulate the temperature of the battery when it's cold and when it's warm? too warm, right? So it's like having a radiator on a gasoline car to help kind of control the temperature of the gasoline engine. It's the same technology concept, but for the battery. And cars that don't have that technology, um, they tend to not do as well. And, and you know, there's a, there's a if, if anybody wants to dive into that, if they look at or they just Google G-O-T-A-B, G-E-O-T-A-B, and then just write uh, electric vehicle battery health. And, and there's a whole um, report that's been done on this. And you can select the car, the year, and it'll show you degradation curves depending on the on the car. And you can really see the difference it makes the, you know, having thermal management. Yeah, that's great advice. You kind of touched on it in the beginning. Um, 
talking about the kind of where you've been with this, where you are and where it's going. Obviously, where it's going is it's going to be a massive expanding market, the used EV space, simply because there's so many new EVs coming to market. I mean, is that, uh, are you guys looking at getting more space? Are you seeing this as kind of like, we're just about to ramp up in a crazy way because in five years, there's going to be so many used EVs that, you, you know, you guys seem to be so ahead of the curve on that. Yeah, we are. I think we are ahead of the curve. But at the same time, if you just look at the industry right now, the transformation that's happening is just phenomenal. How, you know, announcements every couple of weeks from different automakers about stopping uh, research and design and, and of any gas production uh, engines. Same thing for, for all new cars from, uh, from Land Rover by 2025. All new models will be 100% electric starting in 2025. If you look at Volvo, they're all going at least electrified to a certain degree, um, you know, whether it's mild hybrid, hybrid or, or full electric. And then you look at GM, 20, 20, uh, 2035, 100% of their sales will be electric. Like, well, these are huge changes that three years ago we could have never predicted. And so the industry is changing extremely quickly. We feel like we're a little bit ahead of the curve and we're ready to expand quickly across the country. And we, we certainly intend to. Um but we think the whole industry in general will have some really big changes in the, in the next coming years. I, I know that your business offers kind of education, which is really interesting because most um, car lots aren't going to educate you. You know how a gas engine works, but that's a whole new thing for so many people too, because some of the people, I'm sure many of them that have bought used EVs from you have never owned an EV for you before. So even though it's a used one, they're all new to it. So that must be, a big part of how you guys, I won't say sell cars, but how you um, work with a prospective buyer. Absolutely. The vast majority of our clients have, have often never test driven an electric car. They've seen them, they've, they've wanted to get behind the wheel, and then they kind of make that that plunge, that jump, and and it's their first electric vehicle purchase. Yeah. Do you, do you have people with a waiting list saying, hey, if this model ever comes in, call me? I mean, is that something that's starting to happen with, with, you know, if somebody wants a specific battery size in a Tesla Model S or something like that? Oh, yeah, all the time, all the time. And we can cater, you know, to those clients and say, all right, we're going to look exactly for what you want and, and get a really personalized search. And sometimes it takes a, a couple of weeks or a couple of days or a couple of months if it's really, really specific. There are some things like, you know, somebody wants a used Volkswagen ID4. Well, they're not even out new. <laughs> right. You know, uh, and just coming with time but there's um overall there's a big demand and, and there's a demand for kind of specialized places where where they have a really in-depth understanding of the space and understanding of all of the different models at once and and i can see why that's extremely challenging at traditional dealerships where they're used to selling their you know whatever whatever brands that they're selling and it's quite easy to sell a gas car it takes me you know eight times more time or even 10 times more time to sell an electric car than a gas car but we really built our business model around education and and to make sure that we're providing a lot a different experience for our consumers. Yeah, well you sound you, you, I mean looking at your background and your biography you you're you're passionate about not just selling not selling cars but the 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 product itself the actual mechanics of the machine. Yeah, absolutely. Just a couple more questions. Is 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 finding these vehicles difficult for you guys? Is that the biggest challenge is 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 beating the bushes as you say with only 550 and Nova Scotia, I mean, is are you leaving little cards on people's car? You know, if you see a three-year-old EV, do you leave a card on their windshield saying, hey, if you ever want to sell this, call me? 
That's a great idea. I should start doing that. <laughs> uh, we buy from all across the country and into North America. So, you know, we have a wide network where we purchase. The biggest barrier is getting people to know that we exist, right? That's the biggest barrier. And the second biggest barrier is getting people to know that electric vehicles are an option. So it's more about awareness than anything else. That, that's the biggest barrier across the country. Yep. I've been doing this for a couple of years, this, this podcast, and, and that really is what it always comes back to. But, um, I think in the time I've been doing it, the awareness is growing even more. And, um, hopefully with you joining us today, it will get a lot of people, you know, checking out your website and, uh, thinking that a used EV is possible. Last question. So you're, you have great experience, vast experience. You obviously know so much about the EV space. You think about it. In your mind, what is the signal that EV adoption has hit a tipping point in Canada? Pickup trucks. It's when, when we have multiple makes and models of pickup trucks on the market, that's where, you know, that's where it's going to be a game changer. And the number one selling four-wheeled thing, car, is the Ford F-150. Right. We talk about the Honda Civic being a, you know, number one selling sedan, but it's, it's the Ford F-150. There's just, and, and especially in the East Coast and, and in the prairies and Alberta, and there is just an enormous amount of pickup trucks and, and people that have pickup trucks, they honestly don't want to drive a Nissan Leaf. It is a hard transition. If you're used to, to, you know, driving a very large vehicle like that until there's uh, electrified pickup trucks, I don't think we'll be able to have that, that full shift towards electric. But what's exciting is to see that these pickup trucks, you, you know, they're going to be incredible. They're going to be super fast. They're going to be powerful in ways that gasoline trucks aren't. And uh, I think people will get really excited. An example is the Hummer, the electrified Hummer that's coming out. I mean, for a thousand horsepower, and it has capabilities that no other gasoline vehicles have. And I think that's what's going to really start converting the average Canadian to say, oh, holy moly, like, not only is it so much cheaper to operate, it's so much simpler. They last so much longer, but they can do everything better. Right. That's when the average Canadian will start thinking about this a lot more. And as prices drop, that's when we're going to see just this, this tremendous adoption curve. So what you're saying is when you have a used EV pickup truck on the lot, it's not going to last long. Oh, God, no. Yeah, <laughs> those will go really quick, especially in you know Atlantic Canada, where there's a there's a, a big pickup truck market. That's Jeremy Bernardin, Vice President of Sales for All EV Canada. Thanks for joining us, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed that talk with Jeremy for a couple of reasons. First, his knowledge about the used EV market is certainly thorough and insightful. And with more and more provincial governments offering rebates and incentives for used EV purchases, that kind of information will play a big role as Canadians consider making their first EV a pre-owned one. And second, it's great to hear about the electric vehicle scene in the Atlantic provinces. We've been guilty on this show of focusing mostly on the strong EV markets in Quebec, Ontario, and British Columbia, so I'm pleased to present some East Coast content for our many listeners out there. The EV revolution is most definitely a coast-to-coast one. One thing I failed to ask Jeremy about is the depreciation of an EV compared to a gas-powered counterpart. I did follow up with him, and this is what he said. Teslas are unique. If you look at cost of ownership comparisons with ICE vehicles, Teslas do incredibly well, and a large part of that is due to their incredibly low depreciation. The demand is strong and has been since the Model 3 came out. Model 3s depreciate very slowly, even with higher mileage. He continued, A Nissan Leaf with a smaller 40 kilowatt hour battery depreciates a bit faster, 
and I predict it will continue to depreciate faster than other models due to its more limited range of 243 kilometers. Depreciation seems to be linked to newer updates or refresh of models, much like their gas counterparts. Interestingly, even the older lower range EVs have a bottom where there is still demand for a low cost commuter. That's it for this episode. Much thanks to my guest Jeremy Bernardin, producer extraordinaire Darm McWana, and you for joining me on another electrifying journey down the EV highway. We always welcome your comments and criticisms via email at pluggedinpostmedia.com. For your dose of all things automotive, be sure to check out driving.ca where you'll find the best in breaking news, videos, and reviews. You'll also be able to access a new series of virtual auto events called Driving into the Future. By registering, you can listen and engage with a virtual panel of leading figures in the Canadian and global automotive and energy sectors. Visit events.driving.ca to sign up for free. And be sure to subscribe to Plugged In wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. That way you'll never miss an episode and you'll also be able to listen to all the episodes from seasons 1, 2, and 3.